0: Uh, J.C., Laker Nation, anyone out there who's willing to listen to me, listen to me cry, listen to me bellow, listen to me just beacon from the balcony with any sliver of hope that's gone by the wayside as we continue to invest the only thing we can't get back into the season, which is that precious time. Welcome in to the Ethos Lakers podcast, J.C. It's just exhausting. I wish I had a better way to say it. It is just such an exhausting exercise to watch the Lakers. It is almost more exhausting than what's going on with the Major League Baseball season, but not quite. And I just feel like I usually have so many words to describe my state of being and the world around me. The Lakers have left me speechless for all of the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, the last episode I recorded solo, um, I I, re- I regret not giving you a chance to like let you know I was recording because you seemed like you had stuff to say also. But I it, I had kind of reached my breaking point finally, like I had been as optimistic as I could be for as long as I could be, and then, yeah, just the last couple of games it's it's just not getting better and then when i when I found out that I was incorrect about the Lakers having a top nine pick and keeping it if they miss the play in that actually that pick actually goes to the pelicans, and so the Lakers have no pick whatsoever this coming draft
0: the Lakers awesome. are just. An abomination that is that is really the word i would use at this point because i'm sitting here and all season all season we have sat here and critiqued the effort which has been i mean it's been obvious the the issues at times okay and still now more than three quarters into the season with This idea of we'll figure it out in the playoffs still permeating the brain for reasons like I just don't even understand. And for guys like Stanley Johnson and DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel, God bless, to be out there giving the most amount of effort against a team that, by the way, is down two of its best players in Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood. It's just, ugh, I can't even deal with it.
1: Yeah, I can't even be excited about the DJ Augustine move, even though he's been playing pretty well and he's actually That's
0: a good move. Kind of what was it two months ago?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the kind of player that, that I feel I feel like sh- you should build around LeBron, a smart, savvy veteran who's a good three point shooter. But at this point it's too little, too late, and it, it, it should excite me, but it's not because it's much ado about nothing at this point.
0: JC, it's it's just I don't understand in this sad, poetic justice the state in which the Lakers are, right? The Lakers are sort of closer to the bottom than the top, obviously. While the Cleveland Cavaliers, despite Colin Sexton missing the majority of the season, despite all-star Jarrett Allen being out of the lineup currently, are just the little engine that keep chugging with Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and Karis LeVert is out for them, but he's a nice little player for them. I mean, it's just amazing to see how that has come to be. Not that it's appropriate of anything as it really applies to the Lakers season other than, wow, it's just, you know, the, the spread of talent around the NBA right now is – it's good for the game, right? It, it really is. But this idea that the Lakers have have built something, I mean – there are a lot more questions going into next year than I think LeBron, Polinka, or anyone would have hoped for. And, and again, what does it say about their offseason approach where they have to bring in guys like Augustine, like Johnson, like Gabriel, who are playing ahead of Ellington and Ariza? And obviously none is never going to wear the purple and gold. I think that was your prediction like three or four months ago at this point, which was right on course. It's just what is going on?
1: Yeah, I mean And as far as questions in the offseason Like Malik Monk has been one of the shining Positives to this season But if you're going to rebuild this roster I mean you want to keep him But if you, if a team Sees a lot of value, I mean, value in him And is willing to give up a nice piece I mean the Lakers might be forced to think about Well maybe we should trade Malik Monk Because maybe he, one, one of him can turn into two of another player Or something Like there's this too many questions that the Lakers have that I don't think they have any f- way of getting answers like easily.
0: There are no easy answers, right? I mean, this is this is just the strangest iteration of what could have possibly permutated as a result of this roster construction. It is so uncertain as to how you move this team forward, both from just a financial standpoint, as well as a roster construction standpoint, obviously those two things go hand in hand. So JC, what what do you do if you're if you're Rob Palenka? What do you do because I get the idea that, you know, Frank Vogel's probably not going to be the head coach of this team going forward, but that also just an it adds another uncertain element despite the fact that it might be a welcome one. It adds another uncertain element to a team that's filled with it.
1: Yeah, I mean there's I mean there's things that you can do but they're kind of pie in the sky things or I mean some of the things you're hearing from other executives in that even if they wanted to trade Anthony Davis his trade value has plummeted because of the injury history. And Russell Westbrook, even if you could trade him in the offseason because he has one year left on his deal that he's probably going to opt into. At this point he's not really going to help a winner. Like what winning team would accept Russell Westbrook at that price tag? He's the the best case scenario I see with Russell Westbrook. And it might be the best thing for him, especially given how, how unfortunate some Lakers fans have been kind of treating him and his family. Like he, he could be comfortable going back to Oklahoma city and maybe Oklahoma city would be generous enough to give the Lakers one of their 20,000 picks in exchange. And, Russell Westbrook wouldn't have the pressure of being a winner in Oklahoma City since they're rebuilding. He can help the young players like he already has before with Shea
0: Gildress. But, I mean, beyond that, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, you sit here and you, you, you look at what the Lakers have on the books for next year. Russell Westbrook is making $47 million. I know, I know we've said this before but it's just that's that's it they they've got four guys in double figures lebron ad westbrook and tht and that's that's the team and that's that's the exact issue that has been at the core of the frustration this season beyond just the obvious of of injuries and covid complications which the la- the latter of which have seemingly I don't want to say gone by the wayside, but in terms of the players going in and out of protocols every other day, that period of time has subsided. So if you're the Lakers, there is no clear path forward. There is no team that's really willing to help you, to your point, right? There's no out from this experiment that has clearly not worked. And it's not just about these three guys, but it's most heavily on them. As the three guys making over $100 million combined, almost $130 million combined, or some absurd number like that. So it's just, it's a fascinating, tragic comedy, and I don't know how the Lakers get out from under it. There are so many soap opera elements to this team right now. It is just, it is the most unstable that I have really seen this organization in what feels like, you know, not a tremendously long time, but in its most recent history. And I feel like that's making a lot of Lakers fans uneasy because the level of certainty in which, you know, we've all become accustomed to is a culture of winning and quick turnarounds when it comes to when things aren't going well, there is no quick fix for this. No, not at all. Like, even if you, you think about what's worked in
1: the past with, with even with LeBron and this team, like, The the year they won the championship and he was point guard LeBron and led the league in assists, I don't know why he ever went back to that. And especially with lineups getting smaller and smaller, you, in theory, could have a lineup in which LeBron plays center on defense and point guard on offense, and then you can build the roster around, you know, put two shooting guards in your your backcourt instead of two point guards if LeBron is going to be the point guard. And then have two centers or two power forwards and just kind of operate that way. But, yeah, as it stands, the way Frank Vogel's managing this lineup, like like we saw earlier in the season that Russell Westbrook and Rondo didn't work together. And so why now he thinks Russell Westbrook and DJ Augustine are going to work together, I don't know. You can't have two point cards out there and one of the point cards is Russell Westbrook. It's just it's never going to
0: work. It is the season of desperation, J.C., Frank Vogel's grasping at straws, but our, to our listeners, you don't have to. Just take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant fantasy basketball news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. I can't recommend it enough, especially as we get into silly season when it comes to fantasy basketball. Some playoffs begin next week, some have started already this week. So Good luck to everybody on that front. JC, when it comes to the Lakers, there is is nobody I'd feel comfortable starting in fantasy basketball outside of LeBron James, maybe Russell Westbrook, just from a purely uh, accumulation of statistics standpoint. But outside of that, it's, it's really not happening for this team. It's been nice to see some of the things with the club, right? Like you like the maturation of Austin Reeves. Looks like he's going to be a good player for the Lakers, one that they should consider keeping around, unlike they did with Alex Caruso. And and two is, you know, you like what you see from Malik Monk, obviously, in terms of the supporting role. I would not mind seeing a scenario, right, where obviously Austin Reeves comes back. Malik Monk comes back, where Lakers are going to be limited in how much they're going to be able to offer him. And then, you know, I think Carmelo Anthony has a role on his team. But when it comes to veterans beyond that, I think where that's where the Lakers need to concentrate on, you know, switching it up. Again, Ken Bazemore, a guy who doesn't play like – The Lakers have so many holes on this roster, and then they have additionally guys who are basically unplayable when it comes to what this team actually needs in terms of being able to be a functional unit. And so much of it is like there is – I don't know what the direction is for the team, right? I don't know what they're trying to do on offense. I don't know what they're trying to do on defense. And that makes me wonder if they're trying at all. And so, you know, perception is not always reality. And I'm not going to sit here and say that guys don't care, but they very much look like a team that has sort of, you know, been through it and they're beat up and they're just sort of the walking wounded at this point. They are not able to have that killer instinct. You know, I thought that uh, Meta World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest, said it well on the halftime show with uh, on Sportsnet when he said, you know, when teams are playing the Lakers, they – they're smelling the chum in the water, right? They're they're smelling a wounded animal and they're just going in for it. So I think that's a really apt sort of comparison. And unless the Lakers have any spirit left within them to emit a sense of not only urgency and desperation, like LeBron said, after his unbelievable 56-point performance, but also just a willingness to keep pushing forward, it's going to be very hard for this team to to have it get better before it gets worse. My, my, one of my best friends from college is a big, big, big Celtics fan, and I haven't mentioned him in an episode in a minute. So, Carl, this is for you, baby. All right? We always got a shout-out to Carl. And he, he and I have been talking recently, and he said, you know, Lakers, after that beautiful win against the Warriors, he said, ah, Lakers – can turn this around, got two easy games after that. And I said, there's no such thing as an easy game with this team. Sure enough, the Lakers go 0-2. Lakers have been abysmal since the All-Star break, JC. I mean, it's just everything that could go wrong pretty much has gone wrong, short of LeBron, Westbrook, and AD all missing extended time at the same time. But this is pretty much everything else in the book that could have happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I forgot what article it was. I I saw at least saw the headline. Didn't read it, but the gist of it was that the scouting report for other teams versus the Lakers is just play harder than them. You don't. There's no really X's and O's to beating this team. It's just effort, which we've been saying on uh, over and over again all season. Is yeah, just put forth more effort than they they are, and you'll you'll probably win the game. I mean, isn't that
0: isn't that incredible? Like, I don't I I don't understand how, especially on a team that has never played together, especially on a team that's out of the playoff picture, especially on a team that has these, you know, much higher expectations, that they just don't give a shit. And it's like, it's, I'm sorry, but it's just infuriating. Like, I feel like the inner, you know, mad dog Russo, Stephen A. Smith, just eating away at me, JC, constantly like, what the hell is going on in there? You know? And and I'm just so interested from a human psychology standpoint, I'm so fascinated from a human curiosity perspective, like guys, what is it that is just preventing you from really pushing forward as a unit? They don't play connected basketball. What do they do in practice? I just, there's so many questions I have for this team. And when Frank Vogel's at the the post-game podium, sitting there answering questions, he's just so dejected. He's so just, ugh, I, you know, I gotta show up here, but I really got nothing to say. I, this has been such a hard, challenging time to be in public education from my perspective, JC, but I feel like Frank Vogel is having a harder time, and he's the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. So it, it's just sort of this weird ass thing that is permeating through this team I don't know if you want to call it just this toxicity or whatever you got to call it. I don't know how it gets better in the short term, and I don't know how it gets better in the long term. The the next game against, against the Wizards, you know Kyle Kuzma is going to want to put one on them. And the Lakers have put themselves in perfect position to be vulnerable at the very worst time of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether it's players like Kyle Kuzma or Brandon Ingram that want to tee off against the Lakers, the scouting report comment about just play harder than them. If you're if you're a Bones Highland in Denver, you can have a good night against the Lakers. Like, yeah, it's just it's really unfortunate
0: when the Lakers gave up 68 first half points to the Rockets, and people want to sit here and talk about playoffs. That's why I tweeted from our account, that Jim Mora meme. You know, playoffs? Like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? The Rockets? 68 points in the first half? The Rockets wound up scoring 139 points. They blew the doors off the Lakers in overtime. The Lakers had no sense of urgency. I just, I, at the risk of repeating myself, I feel like there's a car alarm going off in the background right now. And I feel like I literally set it off because of how irritated I am.
1: Yeah, I I saw the writing on the wall a few weeks ago when I I started looking at what kind of draft picks the players have and looking at the Pelicans are coming, man. Like, we didn't think the Pelicans were coming. And, I mean, the Lakers are still a few games ahead out of whoever it is in the 11th spot. I forgot who it was. I looked it up a little while ago. But, I mean, they don't have many more games that they can let go. I mean, they're nine games
0: under five hundred. The Pelicans just handed it to the Lakers a week or two ago by 30, right? At home, like one of the, not even, not even a week or two ago, like just utterly embarrassed the Lakers on their home floor. And like, it's just so frustrating. JC, I know you feel it. Like I, I feel like we need to speak for so many people because we're so blessed to have this platform in which we can ha- utilize it as a catharsis to get out our emotions, but also to analyze what's actually going on. And it's just, you know, THT didn't play tonight. He was in street clothes. And at one point he was chucking it up with uh, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk and Anthony Davis was sitting there, although Anthony Davis wasn't really in on it. And it's just, I, I personally, my personality, if I were one of those players, which I would just be having such a hard time. And I know other people would be like, you know what? You gotta find the joy amidst the challenges. So I understand it's, it's different for different people. But man, it would just be so difficult for me to really enjoy it, knowing how much we've struggled, knowing I can't be out there helping, and knowing that we're losing to a team that we really shouldn't even be in competition with.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least LeBron had the right body language against San Antonio on Monday, wearing a hood over his face and sunglasses and not really being very animated
0: on the bench. <laughs> I mean, I just I, – I really – I don't know what else to say about this team sometimes. People ask me, they say, you know, what do you do? And it's and it's really such a loaded question because the, the potential optionality is so limited, right? I mean, even going back to the trade deadline, that's why we sat here and said, what are they going to do? I mean, sure, they could they could make a move around the edge. But as if that's going to be some magic bullet to fix this team, like – the, the chemistry is so far off that injecting more change is just an additional variable. The the chemistry is so far gone that moving making a move around the edge isn't going to fix the core. It's it's just the reality is making a trade at the trade deadline would have been like sweeping all of your you know dirty room or carpet or whatever into a closet and then saying your house is clean, right? That's it's it's not reality. So I just more than anything at this point, I think what I really want, because I I don't even I, as far as I'm concerned, the Lakers are gonna miss the playoffs. Like that is forget the play on the play in tournament. Like my mindset is that they they just might even just miss it entirely, given the current trajectory. So yeah. I just want one of these guys, and to be frank, I don't even care who it is at this point, to come out and say you know what. We suck. We haven't played well. It's on us. We have to be better. To our fans, we should be better. And we'll own it. Don't even apologize. Just own it. But all the constant excuses, it's three quarters into the year. Give me a break. I'm over it. You know? Yeah.
1: Like, I've gone on record as saying, like, as a a LeBron fan, like, After the 2020 championship, like, everything after that was going to be icing on the cake cake until he passed Kareem. Like, that's all I've wanted for him the rest of his career was to pass Kareem. But I didn't envision a season in which he was going to miss the playoffs. Like, that didn't even occur to me that that was a possibility. And so, yeah, this... I mean it's a wasted year for LeBron and and he's partly to blame which which sucks like it shouldn't affect his legacy and it, it it won't in a lot of people's opinion but it will in
0: some and that that's a shame. If you you know before LeBron comes to Los Angeles sign with the Lakers if anyone tells you you say hey LeBron's going to win you a title but those other 3 years he's going to miss the playoffs not once but twice and in the other year, he's going to get bounced in the first round. Are you content with that? And that's a, that's a question just for digestion. And I just can't keep kicking it around in my brain. I think I brought it up before. But I just can't keep kicking it around in my brain. And again, not to say that it's totally on LeBron because it isn't. But as you said, he plays a role here. Everybody on that team plays a role. There's a shared responsibility. When there is failure, there is shared responsibility. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. I don't know
1: what I know now, having you know, seen the, the, the year in which they missed the playoffs and then getting bounced in the first round and this, and one championship out of those four years. I, I never minded all the lost finals because they were lengthy playoff runs and legendary playoff runs. I talk about his 2018 playoff run all the time and they didn't win that year. And so, yeah, if you're telling me the compromise is he gets one more championship, but three years are going to be really, really terrible. No. I'd want four really solid years. Give me a conference finals. Give me, give me a chance.
0: And they have no chances here. Bad organizations look for someone to blame. If there is someone individually to blame, it will be obvious no one will have to pinpoint it. Otherwise, there's a shared responsibility, and that's, that's where the Lakers are. And I don't feel like as a team that they acknowledge that. I feel like they're looking for a scapegoat, and that, that JC, that is a big problem. Hey, guys, real quick, while we're here, okay, just so you know, you got to stop giving away your personal information. The Lakers don't feel like giving away personal information in their locker room, so why should you? Don't give away your personal information to your ISP. On top of, of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash, so those ads you get, they're no, they're no mistake. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN, head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com hoopball, yes, they still have the old name, to get three bonus months on a 12-month subscription. Super easy. Turning it on just takes one click. Works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass To Once more, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. If we're going to be able to kvetch, bitch, and moan about the Lakers on a public platform, we got to be able to pay our sponsors. So we appreciate that. JC, since the Lakers are where they are in terms of the season, as we start to really digest this, what do you what do you want to see? Realistically, what do you want to see from this team? Um,
1: I mean, I'd love to see LeBron still playing at a high level, but not playing as many minutes. I think. I mean, it, I mean, I understand that there's there's times in which he they have a chance to win, but if he's going to carry so much of a load like he did against the Warriors, and then have to miss the next game because his knees are so sore, he's you've got to cut back on his minutes. And I mean, maybe at this point, let Austin Reeves develop more, showcase him a little more, see what kind of chemistry you could develop with a backcourt of Malik Monk and Austin Reeves. And of course, that means benching Russell Westbrook, which probably isn't going to happen because
0: he's not going to let it. But yeah. I think that's a really, really strong, strong desire. I hope that LeBron plays fewer minutes as well, but not because the Lakers are out of it, because the Lakers need him to play fewer minutes. Everything that I've seen from this team so far tells me that that may be a pipe dream. We shall see. What I hope to see J.C. more than anything is just some level of cohesion, some level of effort, some level of care. I'm setting the bar purposely low because the Lakers have shown me they cannot raise it any higher than that with any level of sustainability. The blueprint from game to game has absolutely no repeatability. I have no confidence in their ability to come together in important moments. And most importantly, they don't believe in each other. It's evident in the way that they play it is hard to digest as a fan as a coach as an analyst as whatever role you play connected to the lakers it is hard to watch this is the most critical i can remember being of this team and of the organization but jc i believe it is in the right to be in this position yeah totally it's so, 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 so hard. JC, final thoughts, parting words for our guests, for our listeners, for our ethos Lakers extraordinaire. Uh,
1: I mean, like we talked about uh, kind of off mic a little bit, it's it's, you know, it's getting harder and harder to come up with things to say. And so, I mean, I, you can only hope for the best for the remainder of the season. They're still in it as far as the play-in, and you never know what can happen. And
0: that's really all you can hope for. At this point, it really is, JC. Lakers fans, we feel your pain. I wish there was something I could tell you to do that would take the edge off. That's up to you. Outside of that, if you're going to keep watching, which I hope you do, I hope we all do, that's what it is, right? If you're going to keep watching, just do so knowing that it's not under the previous expectations. JC, always good to be back with you. Guys, we'll be back with you soon, hopefully with better news from Lakerland. But until next time, we out.